I just had an apostrophe. I think you mean an epiphany. Lightning has just struck my brain. I'll listen to the Bloomin' Retro Rewind podcast. Well, that might hurt. Reflux capacitor. Fluxing. Crew. Distinctions. Scanning for. Hook. 1991. Prepare to rewind in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 112, where you can find links to contact us, vote on the movies we cover, And there's also a Patreon link if you'd like to be one of the awesome patrons who support us financially alongside Brian Keating, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Cowan, Patrick Hicks, Michael Kelso, Diego Avila, The Feel and Film Podcast, and a secret patron as well. And we want to say a special thank you to all of you for helping us keep flying, keep going through the movie time space continuum. It's, It's so awesome that you like the show in that way. Uh, my name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad, designer, and again, thanks to our patrons, I have my own trivial question. And this one comes to us from patron Diego Avila. He says, In Hook, Peter Sunjack is played by Charlie Corsimo. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, but uh, who coincidentally enough is now a law professor at Case Western University. That's funny. But who had the privilege of playing the role of Kid in Dick Tracy. Yes. Francisco, which movie hero or superhero would you have liked to have had as a father figure growing up? Wow. Honestly, I'm I am so I don't know if it's just I'm enamored or what it is, but um all the the good guy characters that Arnold Schwarzenegger has played, if you could like mash them up, I I would say his that's Arnold, yeah, as a hero <laughs> would be I don't, I have no idea what his parenting style is like or anything like that. But if I'm just going off the movies, then that's who I'd pick. His parenting style is, you lack discipline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Um, Awesome question, Diego. Thank you so much. Uh, And I predicted that Hook would be a nostalgic movie. What? No. Yeah, movie. Yeah, but that's. I, that's wrong. I had put classic. <sighs> a nostalgic classic? That's yes. a great pick. I like that. And I predicted that the movie Hook would be a classic movie. And I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, co-host, and fellow pirate, Paul, the master interrupter, Powers. Hi, Paul. Hi. Hi. Are you a lost boy or a pirate, Paul? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I am older, so doesn't that make me a default pirate? But you're younger at heart. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on my mood. I suppose (laughs) so. You're younger than Robin Williams at the time of this movie, I think. Uh, Probably. There you go. Uh, My trivial question for you, Paul, is this. Bob Hoskins bought beer for 300 plus extras after a lengthy and complicated scene was cut. Oh, no. Those kids... Yeah, but that's so awesome that he bought them beer. That's really he really bought the sweet. kids beer. That's not awesome. It probably wasn't the kids. Is probably I the don't adults. know. I guess not. <laughs> um, Paul, 
What, what movies have you been an extra on, and did you get any food during your time there? Uh, I think I've only been on Spider-Man. Oh, really? The first one. With uh, Tobey Maguire, right? Tobey Maguire. Did they give us any food? Yes. And it wasn't... It Okay, you know how if you listen to some people, they are like, craft services are great on this set, or they're not so good on this mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. We didn't get the craft services table, whatever that was. We got like ham and cheese like white bread Ugh. with like no mayo or anything Ugh. like that and and uh generic capri sun i don't know i forget it wasn't capri sun but it was <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. that's an insult to capri sun if you call something generic capri sun <laughs> that's not cool that's not cool <laughs> not at all but who is cool is our guest coming at you from the feeling film podcast we'd like to welcome back to the show uh, our ship's yeoman Patch Hicks. Hey, Patch. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Glad you're here as well. Uh, Patch, my trivial question for you is this. Oh, uh, before I ask you, Paul, what was your prediction for Hook? I predicted that you would forget to ask me and I was right. (laughs) Uh, No, but I predicted nostalgic. Nostalgic. Okay. And Patch, back to your trivial question. Maggie Smith, being only 56 years old at the time of this filming, uh, the filming of Hook, was aged up by makeup to play and the 92-year-old Granny Wendy. Yeah, I think the same makeup artist was used in Titanic, right? For the old... Wow, Kate Winslet. I, oh my no, goodness. not her. The older Kate Winslet. You know, That's what I'm the, saying. Like the, they aged the up Kate, Kate Winslet. No, to, the, no, never mind. Okay. Never mind. Okay. They did a good job. <laughs> yes. In any event, Patch, uh, if you could be made up to look... 30 years older or 30 years younger, which would you choose and why? And it'd be like believable. People would look at you and be like, oh man, you must be whatever ages you would be. To, can, I, can I ask, can I answer the question with a question? Yeah, <laughs> uh, sure. To, to what purpose? Like, is it to... To sneak yeah. into grade school again or to... <laughs> <laughs> or, to, or, to or to collect Social Security. If yeah. Social Security, then definitely 30 years older. I would definitely do that. It's but just because... It's still... I guess it's just because you want to look a certain way, either okay. older or younger. It's just how you look. The movie okay, of your I, life. I'd probably have to go older, actually. Because, oh, okay. you know, I just... I like, I like the mature look instead of the immature thing. although my kid just got to go to a birthday party where they were getting to ride horses and of course i couldn't because i was not a kid oh, so yeah, that would have been that. nice yeah, i don't think really, makeup would have helped your it really height and weight no. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think about that aspect that it would just be your well makeup could be like the whole body so it's like this reverse benjamin button thing yeah, yeah exactly weird <laughs> oh my anyway okay awesome and patch what was your prediction for hook classic Classic. classic. Okay, so two classics and nostalgic. We'll see if those pan out uh, by uh, the end uh. of this episode. <laughs> but That's a great hook for the show. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but uh, Paul, will you please uh, enter the course for Alice and let us know what we're going to be doing in this episode? All right, Alice, let's have a discussion on uh, the Peter Pan syndrome as we talk about what we liked and didn't like on. Uh, on this movie and uh, including what we like most and didn't like most and come back for a final rating and some feedback and announcements. Very good. Alice, get to it, please. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. Oh my God, where are we going? 
to never, never love me. Robin Williams. So happens, I am a lawyer. Kill the lawyer! Julia Roberts. Bob Hoskins. I give you Captain James! And Dustin Hoffman. Hello, children. As book. Rated PG. Rental guidance suggested. Starts Wednesday at a theater near you. Yes, parental guidance is suggested. But is there any suggestions of memories from years of yore when Hook was released and we saw it? Well, let's talk about that in our memory mind mode synopsis for Hook. Does that even make sense? No, it doesn't. Bite me. Just go with it. Go with it. All right. <laughs> Does eating out of empty tins and filling your belly right. with that make no. sense? No. Hey, okay. Hey, I'm trying to go with it. All right. <laughs> uh, Peter Pan, who left Neverland to marry Wendy and become a fat Robin Williams, has kids who are abducted and kidnapped by Rain Man and Eddie Valiant. <laughs> Pretty Woman convinces Robin <laughs> that he needs to go to Neverland to save his son, who can't hardly wait. <laughs> Peter, forgetting he was the Pan, goes to Neverland and learns to be the Pan, the man, again by the Lost Boys in, in imaginary food fights and artificial colors and flavors. Somewhere in there is a line stating... To live would be an awfully great adventure. Pan defeats Tootsie and Mario, rescuing his kids, and makes Rufio the leader of the and makes Rufio the leader of the Lost Boys. Wait, wasn't he already the leader? Uh, unfortunately, that was definitely incepted, especially at the end there. Uh, but. So, yeah, we got some of our memories were flawed. Uh, Paul, were there any flaws in how this movie was technically made? Definitely, but you won't hear about that on our podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Uh, then what will we hear about? The, um, I don't know, but the movie was <laughs> the technicals on this movie is uh, the movie Hook uh, is rated PG, runs two hours and 22 minutes, and was released in theaters on December 11th, 1991. So it's a Christmas film, if you didn't know. And uh, it's directed by Steven Spielberg, of course. It stars Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Julia Roberts, uh, Bob Hoskins, Maggie Smith. You already mentioned Charlie Corsmo and a whole bunch of other cameos in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, some of the actors in this movie have been in other movies we've covered on the show. Uh, so uh, if you want more Robin Williams or us talking about movies with Robin Williams, go back to uh, our Aladdin episode, which is RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 110, or our Jumanji episode, which is slash 84. If you want more Bob Hoskins, go back to our Who Framed Roger Rabbit episode slash 35, or uh, Super Mario Brothers, the movie we covered in slash 6. Uh, Maggie Smith was in the movie Sister Act, which we covered in Slash 36. Charlie Corsmo, who played Jack here uh, in Hook, he was in What About Bob, which was Slash 88, and Can't Hardly Wait, which was Slash 65. Arthur Mallet, who played Toodles, was actually uh, in Young Frankenstein, which was Slash 99, oh, cool. and Mary Poppins, which was Slash 28. Wow. And finally, Dante Bosco, who played Rufio! Rufio. Uh, had some additional voice work in a goofy movie, which was oh, Slash cool. 68. Hey, um, since uh, 
Charlie Corsmo, we've done Now Hook, Can't Hardly Wait, What About Bob? Are we going to cover Dick Tracy? I, I guess we should list it. All right, let's list it. Okay. Also, John Williams did the score, and he's uh, done several others that we've covered. He's pretty popular, I think. All yeah. right, Paul. All right. You know what? <laughs> Fine. But you know what else? The budget of this movie <laughs> was about $70 million and went on to gross over $300 million worldwide, plus $65 million in rentals alone. Wow. Um, I will say, though, just off the top of my head, I know John Williams did the original Star Wars trilogy and uh, did Space Camp. And I think probably well, some of the other movies you've covered, but just... Go Some of the better films we, Red, we yeah. covered. <laughs> one out of every four retro rewind films was probably... Actually, I feel like we have more Hans Zimmer movies than we do... No, maybe not. I That'd don't know. That'd be an interesting know. research project. Yeah, to I need to... Where your, where your composers this up. is totally fourth wall for you listeners, but or, and I'm... But yeah, I, I have these plans with the new website that we wow. made to tag each episode with like either the director, actor, or composer, just so I can search stuff more easily in that regard. Um, Because Paul always gets me with like, oh, but the composer has done other movies. Oh, yeah. And the producers of this film, you know, (laughs) also did Batteries Not Included. And And the makeup artist was in Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, Paul, for all those technical details. Yeah, and, and I got the right movie. So I saw you cringe <laughs> when I said Peter Pan syndrome. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Uh, what? Details aside, it sounds oh, like okay. a lot of people really love this movie, uh, it making so much at the box office. But you know what? You come to Retro Rewind podcast to hear about what we liked and didn't like about the movie, and we'll start with likes. Patch, why don't you hit us with your first one? First thing you liked about Hook. Hit you with my best shot. I'm going to do that. Save your best for last. Save the best. Anyway, (laughs) I'm not going to sing for you guys. I thought that there were some great subtle touches that were done visually to call back to the original story of Peter Pan throughout the film. Oh, nice. Like even one of the first few times I saw this and on continual rewatches, I just love the things like, you know, the hook uh, window latch. Oh, yeah. The way in which when there are times when... uh, Peter, is it panning or banning? Is banning, it banning with a B A N N I N G. That's one of the. Never mind. Anyway. I, that's one of the things. It's not in my dislike that I didn't like. Like growing up, I didn't know they were saying bangerang because some of the things were hard to hear. But mm-hmm. with I watched it with subtitles this time, so yeah, it was too. very nice. Okay, so yeah, like even with him and the way that he like put, like postures himself whenever he you know something dramatic happens that yeah. peter pan would do mm-hmm. he would put his he would put his arms on his on his hips or his yeah. on his hips like yeah. like peter pan and then he would put him back in his pocket to go back to kind of the banning role that he's playing so i thought things like that were very cool um that that just tells me that there's a lot of there was a lot of um just meticulous care taken mm-hmm. to, yeah. to make sure different pieces and parts of the movie celebrated the story of peter pan Nice. Uh, Paul, what did you celebrate when you watched this movie? 
I thought some of the jokes were funny. What first caught me off guard was like the airplane drawing on fire. It's like, look, oh, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my parachute? <laughs> so there are little things like that. I was like, okay, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me, uh, going, uh, going back to like just a specific character, not really going back. We didn't say anything about a specific character, but I thought Jack... Charlie Cosmo, he just was so. I mean, I don't know why he's not an actor anymore. Maybe he just doesn't like it. But he just from his this role and some of the others that I remember, he's so naturally gifted at a- acting. He was just. I felt like he was this kid. I I had maybe he was. Did you see? Can't hardly wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did see that. We covered it. Yeah, what I mean is, as, as you get older, sometimes you lose a little. Maybe that's true for him, or maybe oh, he just—I didn't feel may- like he lost a little bit. All right, maybe he prefers to use his gift towards uh, the law. Maybe, and but I just—I was so impressed with with how he was in this movie. His interactions with Robin Williams, with Hook, with his sister—he he seemed like he was their son, and this is what he would do. It, it was just. Marvelous to me. Yeah. He acted like a kid, too, which I found refreshing. Mm-hmm. And he, and he was also obedient, which was pretty nice. Um, he was a beaten? Obedient. Oh, yeah. But he stunk as a baseball player. <laughs> awful. Well, well you know. we can't hit them all. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, he was not the reason they were in the Santa series, guys. I mean, he yeah. <laughs> He's he, the reason why they lost the Santa series, though. They were probably like 10 nothing. And they was like, you know what? Let's just throw this kid in because he hasn't had a chance this year. Let's just put him in there. And of course, he struck out. So whatever. But casting him was a slam dunk. It was not, I not a baseball reference. I know. No. As opposed to someone else, which I'll talk about that was later. A home run. Uh, uh, I should have said that. Anyway, pan- let's end with all these penny puns. <laughs> let's go back to you, Patch. Um. Well, you mentioned. You mentioned him, Jack, and I thought the whole cast as as a whole was just amazing to me mm-hmm. in terms of, to this day, I still cannot recognize Dustin Hoffman as Hook. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so uncanny to me. Uh, that's not an X-Men reference. That really is uncanny. <laughs> but I, I think, I mean, even Glenn Close as the pirate who goes into the boo box, I mean, that yeah. really blew what? my mind. That's Glenn Close. Yeah, yeah. that's Glenn yeah. Close. Oh my gosh! Wait, all right, let's let's put a pause and go back to Dustin Hoffman real quick, Patch, and then can continue. Okay. When I know this is Dustin Hoffman because I read about it, but then I was like looking at it, trying to find Dustin Hoffman underneath, and they're like, "I think that's a fake nose." But then he goes and wiggles his nose, and it looks so real. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, how did they do this?" So yeah, I agree. It's phenomenal, man. I. I just I think there's something pretty magical about being able to you're not just hiding an actor you're really recreating these characters and so when I think of Hook I think of what Dustin Hoffman looks like mm-hmm. um, when I think of Pan Peter Pan or, you know not Pan necessarily from the recent uh, retelling or whatever I think of Robin Williams uh, it, which is which is kind of kind of strong from a filmmaking per- perspective because you know we talk about that in the big blockbuster comic book movies that you know when we think of iron man we now think of robert downey jr uh when we think of um you know when we think of uh, other main characters um x-men you know we think of 
we think of uh, Xavier, we know that's Patrick Stewart. And we think of Wolverine, we know that's Hugh Jackman. And I think that this sort of did that for me, was that it was it was a great casting decision and the the ownership that these guys took, even down to Glenn Close making that little cameo, was just fantastic. Indeed. And Patch, I want to add to that. Just I, another thing I really liked was Dustin Hoffman as well. I I think he just... I forgot how good Dustin Hoffman played Hook was. It's just so amazing and... Mm, good form. And Yes, exactly. And also... I had forgotten how insidious his plan was to turn Jack against his dad and just what he was saying to his kids about, oh, they just want to um, shut you up, shut you up when they sing to you. And yeah. honestly, I'm like, there's a little bit of truth to that. Sometimes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Captain Hook does not lie, but that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but man, I, I thought, and I don't remember it being that, evil as a kid but it really is mm. and i'm i was almost taken aback by that especially coming from such a i almost jovial uh, character in a sense <laughs> so i i thought dustin hoffman was uh, primo there uh let's go back to a uh, patch let's go back back to you back back like way back like back no back. just okay. go again patch okay so i think my my other one of my other just positives was the the soundtrack itself. We mentioned and joked that John Williams is, is is great. I mean he he's iconic. But I think particularly with this movie, I think when a when a soundtrack that make you think of the scenes are connected to when you listen to it on its own, I think that makes it incredibly powerful. And mm. I clearly remember buying the soundtrack because I love the movie, and I remember just playing these scenes over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it it wasn't it wasn't like listening to an, a score in which themes were played throughout as undertones. Uh, I know Hans Zimmer's, he does that a lot. I th- everybody I does. Like, well, yeah, everybody does. But I think early on in this movie and throughout, there's a, there's a sense that John Williams says, okay, this scene needs this. It needs some piano and some just kind of some tinkling here and there. This one needs more dramatic stuff. And you could, there was just so many different stages of the soundtrack that I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were all specific to their scenes and they may have carried over from, from one to the other, but for the most part, each track and each scene felt very specific to itself. It didn't feel like it was just a blend, but mm-hmm. at the same time, the music really complemented what was happening in the scene. Nice. I'm curious, Paul, you're big on John Williams. Would you yes. agree with that? Unfortunately, I'd like to agree 100%, but unlike Francisco, I won't say that I do when I don't. <laughs> um, there are that's definitely not, That's not confusing. No. There are definitely scenes where the music really helps elevate the scene and uh John Williams does a great job. Unfortunately, I felt some of it the music seemed a little too much, like it was Try it was it was taking over and trying to make it more than it was, but mm-hmm. um, I I don't I had I put music down on my likes, but I also had a question mark because for me it was a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. For me it was a mixed bag as well. There was there was definitely high notes and low notes. Because mm, it's music. I, I what I know. What do you mean high? Like. At a certain kind of party high? <laughs> it was snowing, or was it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> you brought it up, Francisco. <laughs> Paul, um, but okay, so you, you seem like that was a, a question mark like. What what yeah. was it definitive like for you? Okay, I've seen this movie, I don't know. I would say 10 plus times. Um, but for some reason, and maybe it was my mood or whatever, but it, it really hit me at the, when Wendy's banquet was going on and people started standing up. Oh, and, yeah, that was really sweet. And it, it, was, it really touched me. I was like, oh, wow. Maybe because I'm an adult and I yeah. know <clears throat> I can relate more about uh-huh. what they're going through. But it was like, it was a really touching scene. I was yeah. like, oh, wow. This... This is incredible. And it was just the whole way it was shot and put together and edited mm-hmm. seamlessly. It was mm-hmm. it was it was very well done. Yeah, totally. And I, I think what I enjoyed most about that was hearing Robin Williams as as Peter Banning trying to you, you could tell that he was both nervous, excited, yeah. all of these things at once. And the jokes in the speech, you could tell they were written jokes. And, and it was amazing. Those were funny jokes, but he played it off jokes. so well nervously. Yeah. Oh, like, yes. yes. And then, you know, when I watched that as a kid, I was thinking when he said, you know, when he started naming these, you know, these adjectives like express your gratitude and someone would stand up and, you know, do that, that kiss, you know, um, and he would start using words. And I, I thought, are these guys supposed to be getting up when he says these? But no, they're actually getting up unprompted and he's just continuing with the speech but he's overwhelmed with that yeah and he, he can't he's like taking a breath and saying wow you know and then i think the last line i want to i want to believe that the last line is him as a character and not the speech mm-hmm. when he says we do have something in common we're all orphans yeah and i, I want to believe that that was his character's kind of ad lib to the speech because it just felt really sincere yeah i'd buy that um well cool paul uh, let's see, uh, Patch, let's go to something else you liked. Okay. Well, on our show, on Feel and Film, we do what we call a connecting point, like the moment of the movie that we feel like we're really, uh, resonate with mm-hmm. deeply. And that was definitely a, a scene that, that I'd considered. But one of the places that, that really struck me was the scene with like Peter and Tinkerbell inside the tree and, um, if you know the story oh, yeah. of Peter Pan, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on there. Like, you, yes, you know about the teddy bear, you know about the carved initials in the tree. Mm-hmm. And I loved that moment where he begins to remember who he was and the mm-hmm. way that mm-hmm. his backstory is told through his thoughts and through his remembering. And then when he gets to that one moment when he says, he says, I now remember why I left. And at the same time, what my happy thought is. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a dad. And like as a dad right now, I'm like, oh, right in the feels, you know? <laughs> and I think that's why I connected with it so much this time around. Yeah. I'm going, yes, I'm that guy. And then then seeing him come out of his little vision or whatever and he's floating. And the next two or three minutes of him just jovial, flying through Neverland. And I just love that. I nice. thought that to that's me, awesome. that sort of just signified or in a microcosm summed up what the movie was like that uh-huh. his his moment that he just realized that mm-hmm. and i love that it wasn't that he was thinking about something that peter pan would think about but it was something that he his character really wanted it wasn't something just trivial it was like i wanted to be a dad mm-hmm. and that was just so cool yeah totally that's a good one um <clears throat> let's see i i I'm, oh 
to take a couple of steps back in your connecting points about like him, just referring to the flashbacks of what happened to him growing up. Did you, how did you guys interpret the, the baby, uh, carriage I, yeah i guess that's what it is um the pram pram yeah rolling down the hill it, the way he was telling it or remembering it it sounded like he was in control of it and he was the one who actually wanted to leave his mom but how would that be you know i think uh if, if i could chime in paul i know i know i i, I don't want to step on you here but i would definitely um that was hard for me to interpret too mm-hmm. <laughs> like because he was saying I didn't want to grow up. And I'm like, you were less than a year old. How yeah, do you know exactly, what you want, right? Exactly. But I, th- but I think for the sake of the story, and, th- and that might've been a misstep, but I think for the sake of the story, I was also kind of wondering why is mom not running after him? You know, is she right. that is involved she that in her conversation? It's like, what is she talking to that girl about? If she's talking about shopping, that's just not cool. But, <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of weird for me too. I didn't, I didn't know really what to take of that. What about yeah, you? Paul? My wife and I were looking at each other like, what <laughs> at that moment? <laughs> um, it, it almost seemed like it was part of his subconscious, his, uh, the baby's will to, um, you know, I want this. And so the universe or whatever kind of made that happen oh. because he's so limited. Uh-huh. But it's just, and I honestly, it's been a while since I read the book and I wanted to go back to the book and actually see what the book said. Cause I don't remember, maybe the book didn't even mention any of that. So maybe mm-hmm. it's, um, what do they call that? Uh, free interpretation. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Um, yeah, it threw me for a loop. <laughs> uh, you have one more, right? Patch. Since we're uh, let's see what I do. Yes. Okay. The, um, this was mentioned earlier. The dialogue I think was just phenomenal. the, there was humor and drama and poignancy all wrapped up in, into one. And I actually had several laugh out loud moments. The one being that we, that we kind of alluded to in the intro. And there were times when I felt like because of the dialogue, the characters sort of were very meta about where they were. Uh-huh. Um, like I can't, I can't really pinpoint it, but it's, I guess because we have this movie that exists in both the quote real world and in the fantasy world, mm-hmm. I felt like Hook knew that. And so his dialogue with Smee was kind of thinking about that. Like I've got his children and I, I don't really know how to describe it, but I felt like it made it kind of a little bit more connective to that. We weren't just watching the story of Peter Pan, that we were watching something that could, albeit not legitimately, but in some ways, happen you know that children mm-hmm. from the real world are taken to this fantasy place and that's the that's the that's the point of the story and i think on top of that the relationship between hook and smee was great yeah um, i thought that you know <laughs> what we know is that smee is actually a smart guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he sort of plays the doof to to hook and i think that plays out and it's amplified with their dialogue with each other so i i really love the writing i thought it was great yeah hey, I, I have a question real quick yeah uh, uh speaking of under like hidden under messages like smee being smart the going back to wendy's uh banquet everyone that stood up did you think that those were lost boys or i wondered that too because uh, this is the first time i thought oh those are all lost boys but i don't know maybe they were just orphans here 
my guess would be they're probably orphans here. I don't know how it would be because all the lost boys that were still there when when uh, Peter left, they're still they stayed back there. So I don't know why they would have come back. Well, Toodles came and maybe oh, more came. Yeah, so yeah. it's like uh, anyway. Yeah. Continue. I was just wondering. That's a good thought. I mean, it's something worth worth thinking about. I not you know related to that scene, but not necessarily that thought when when she starts feeling like something's wrong, mm-hmm. I wondered because the wind swept through and started messing and with turned her green. Stuff. Yeah. And I'm wondering, was she the only one experiencing that wind? Cause I was looking back at the people and seeing that they were like, Oh gosh, it's windy, but I don't well, windy, windy. That's funny. Um, <laughs> sorry. Everyone knows it's windy <laughs> in this banquet hall, <laughs> but she was the only one to having a hard time. Like, Oh, maybe she's having a stroke or something. Yeah. But, but I just wonder if they're like, huh. do people notice that there's this giant wind behind her that's blowing. Yeah, I think it was. I think she was experiencing that. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it looked like it was kind of, it kind of threw me back a little. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I Not a deal breaker. I'm just part. something curious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, but you know what I'm curious about? What we loved most about this movie. So let's go around and do our classic makers. Let's start with Paul. Uh, basically, what you guys have already said. I thought this cast was amazing. Oh, nice. and the number one reason for me to rewatch it would be to the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way down from Maggie Smith to even the. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, cameo as the young Wendy, and which was weird because wasn't she also his mom? That's what it looked like, and I—that's what I said to Val. I said weird. that looks like right? Gwyneth Paltrow. But anyway, and and she said no, it just looks like her. So we'll go with that. Okay, it makes more sense that way. Well, I'm just be is right here, so we'll check just while you the, go. The cast, everyone did a great job in their roles. Um, even a uh, little Rufio could be a punk, but yet you still feel for the guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Wish I had a dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but th- I thought the cast was the best part of this movie. Nice. Um, let's go with Patch. What's your classic maker? Well, that connecting point scene particularly wasn't my classic maker. This was. And I thought it's the updated take on the Peter Pan story. I love the story oh, yeah. of what happens when the boy who wouldn't grow up grows up. Grows up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. inside that, this message of, I think it's one of the last lines in the movie where he says, he's he comes back home. You know, that's something that I think is very refreshing in that he decides he's not going to stay as Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he's going to be Pan for his you know, whole life, but he hands it off to... Uh, Nibs or whoever the, the kind of the round dude Big is. boy. <laughs> oh, thud. 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 That's yeah. well, makes sense. Yeah, thud. And um, I think that the fact that he leaves and he says, you know, to live would be an awful great adventure, awfully great adventure. I think to me that sums up, obviously it's a great message of like, you know, living life and carpe diem type stuff. But it's, if, if, I'm, if I'm taking it one step further, I'm going to say, it's a guy who has learned that being satisfied with who he is now, it, it matters. His kids matter and his family mm-hmm. matters. And mm-hmm. um, that gets challenged early on with his wife and saying, you know, we only have a few special moments with, you know, special years with these kids. And You're missing it. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought the, just the whole story itself was very refreshing. It was something that I think that was 
um, not needed for the time, but I think it was due mm-hmm. to, to see kind of a what happened after Peter Pan. And this was this is a cool, refreshing tale. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's why I like to rewatch it because it doesn't get old to me. It's timeless. Can I oh, can I give like a, Neverland a bit of um, intellectual pushback to that? No, this is the like section. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Save it, Francisco. Well, no, it's not anything I had <laughs> to do with dislike. I didn't think about it until just now, but I'm curious. Do you guys think if somehow he was able to retain his cell phone and cell signal in Neverland, that he w- would have still been as attached to his work? Absolutely not. Okay. I think completely being immersed in Neverland and seeing just the craziness and then seeing his kids strapped up like that, that okay. cell phone's gone. Yeah, but in Neverland, you forget about the other world, and being in the other world, you forget about Neverland. Oh, that's a good so. Point. Yeah, I, it wouldn't really work that well. Okay, all right, fair enough. Plus and by the way, self coverage in. <laughs> well, have you heard of this new unlimited plan? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's the Never G, is what it is. <laughs> don't don't sign up, guys. That's how they hook you into a uh, contract. Um, and they come after your kids. Exactly. <laughs> you can't you can't pay. Uh. By the way, uh, Peter's mom was played by Kelly Rowan. Rowan? Uh, my wife was right. So good yeah, job, Valerie. It's, it's uh, she. I could. There's a resemblance to Gwyneth Paltrow, but it's not her. Sure. Um, okay. The thing. Let's see. The thing I liked most, which is uh, another cast option, and but it's more so what he did with it. But uh, Rufio, I just. And which this is so this is weird because I don't remember loving Rufio as a kid. I kind of didn't like him much. Growing he's a up. punk. Yeah, because he's a punk. But I, I really, really loved that he's like I'm the leader of these Lost Boys, and mm-hmm. and and I don't care if you say you're Peter Pan. You're obviously not. But when he proves he is Peter Pan, he's not like oh, I still want to be the leader. I'm going to yeah. be like Denethor and be all sad because the actual ruler's back. <laughs> but no, he's like. Oh my gosh! You're the one who I've really been waiting for. Here's the sword, and let me follow you. And and I just I loved that he wasn't like he didn't let pride get in the way of being who I guess in a way their their whole father figure was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally forgot that he died at the end. I was so mm-hmm. I was really sad when that happened. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh man. So I. My classic maker was definitely Rufio and uh, Ru. Not his death, oh. but just him, right? Yeah, <laughs> I love seeing him die. I, I know. Seeing yeah. that guy go down. <laughs> just a little stab. Boink, his rewind. Boink, rewind. Boink, <laughs> <Gosh>. rewind. <laughs> Back into the left. Oh my <laughs> word. <laughs> wow. Hashtag JFK. Understood. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well. What we understand is that there are lots of people that like this movie, and we like to go out to social media and, and ask people on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, hey, what do you guys like about the movies we cover? And we asked that about Hook, and here's what some of you had to say. Uh, from Instagram, Squared Co. says, Bangarang! One of my favorite movies. Thank you, Squared Co. Uh, Peter Venusak, or P. Venusak, I should say, says, uh, in Smee's voice, uh, uh, can you do the lightning just struck my brain, please, Patch? If you unmute yourself. Lightning. Lightning just struck my brain. Oh, that must have hurt. <laughs> um, one of my favorite scenes. Thank you, uh, Peter. Uh, Diego Avila 79 says, 
Rufio surrendering, surrendering his sword in respect. But, you are the boom. <laughs> but also Peter and Rufio dueling with comebacks and Peter ending, don't mess with me, man. Don't mess with me, man. I'm a lawyer. That's some truth right yeah. there. <laughs> so thanks, Diego. And uh, finally from Instagram, uh, Mad Cowan, Chris Cowan, says, somehow Robin Williams, hairiest man to ever live, has a clean-shaven chest in his shirtless scene. <laughs> that's, some, that's some special effects right there. Yeah, right? I didn't notice that. <laughs> you thought Maggie Smith's makeup was special. Man. <laughs> uh, give, that, give that person an Oscar. Yeah, right. So thank you, Chris. Uh, now over to fe- Facebook. I had asked along with this post, do you hate Hook as much as Hook hates Pan? Uh, kind of a rhetorical question, but some of you answered in kind. Uh, Michael Withers said, no way. That movie is a classic. Rufio! So thank you, Michael. Uh, Emily Tapp says, I love that movie. I've seen it so many times. Run home, Jack. Run home, Jack. Um, Did you ever you. think it was weird that they said run home, Jack, and he was contemplating running home? And I'm like, you can't. There's so much water. He can't run home. What is, what's going on? I think it's more like him remembering that there is a home to run to. I know, but it, I, it was like, that don't make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> So it just threw me out. Oh, okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's see. So thank you, Emily. Nathan James Norman says, I remember loving this movie as a kid, but I also remember the boo-boo box deeply disturbing me. Long after, the boo box. <laughs> long after the movie was over, I wondered, how long did they keep him in there? Would he yeah. die a slow, painful death? I remember hoping that if I ever got put into the boo-boo box, into the boo-boo, uh, there would be enough room for me to move around so I could use my head to smash the scorpions to death. Also, right. Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was like O in harmony. That's yeah. why I like that. <laughs> Rufio uh, in three points. Yeah, man. That boo box. I had forgotten how that is super scary. Like, like, And Glenn Close sells it. Yeah, totally. I'm telling you. No, not that. No, not the box. No. Um, <laughs> And I've forgotten that the scorpions, like, I heard boot box, and I'm like, wait, there's something really bad about this. And I forgot what it was. And then they put the scorpions in, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I was, I was cringing in my, in my seat. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Ugh. Um, so thank you, Nathan, for bringing up that bad memory. Um, <laughs> no, but that was awesome. Thank you for that feedback. Uh, Becky Williams says, bangarang, <laughs> nearsighted gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, that's one of the awesome uh, retorts uh, Peter says. Uh, Thank you, Becky. Carolyn Cooper Painter says, one of my all-time favorite childhood movies. It it was just magical. Uh, You know those few movies that really impact you as a kid. This is one of of mine. Thank you, Carolyn. Uh, Krista Gunnell says, absolutely, wonderful classic. I could never watch it too many times. So thank you, Krista. And finally, Steve Hamilton has a semi-transition into our dislike section. Uh, But he starts off high by saying, "Uh, I remember my mom took me to see this opening weekend, and I loved it. The sets were awesome. If you could imagine any food to appear in front of you, what would it be? Uh, I don't know. 
Probably baby back ribs right now or pizza. Oh, One of those two. good. <laughs> tacos. I want some tacos. Tacos. All right. Fair enough. You can't throw those. Well, I guess you could throw those. Yeah, like, yeah. You might be able to throw those. Um, anyway, uh, Steve continues. You're doing it, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lost boy. Uh, Peter yeah. Banning. Rufio, if I'm a maggot burger, why don't you just eat me? You two-toned, zebra-headed, slime-coated, pimple-farming, paramecium brain munching on your own mucus, suffering from Peter Pan envy. What's a paramecium brain? Lost boys, I'll tell you what paramecium is. That is a paramecium. It's it's a one-celled critter with no brain that can't fly. He remembered all that? I assume. That's amazing. (laughs) Um... Or he Googled it. Whichever. It's still cool. Thanks for sharing all that, Steve. Uh, but his di- his final diagnosis for Hook was nostalgic. Uh, and now we get to the second part of our diagnosis. We talked about the highs. Now let's uh, come down. Let's ground ourselves for the lows of Hook. And let's start with Paul. Yes. What's, <laughs> what's something you don't like about Hook? Here's Johnny. The honestly, the kidnapping scene—it was all fine and good, and then there was something otherworldly, mysterious, magical, fantastical, with all these colored fogs and the like. The sheets just rising up—they weren't pulled off. I think if yeah. they were pulled down, they oh, would have been yeah. a lot more scarier. Uh-huh. Like what's going on? But they like r- the sheets rose up, and I'm like, what? What kind of? Wind is this? Yeah, this this it totally took me out of the movie. It didn't it didn't help me suspend my belief that oh yeah, it's a fantasy movie. It's like what is going on? This yeah. is not making sense. Because so. you're supposed to get a sense that the pirates are the ones kidnapping them, and right? So, but it it seems very supernatural. Not they could have still grounded it in reality, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. By ha- by not having all like the fun colors, like yeah. oh we're on yeah. a you know and and making this sh- a lot more practical effects in that. I thought it would have been scarier. And I kind of wanted to see a little like knife blade be the thing that was moving the little window lock up, as opposed yeah, it was to like, it just like how do they have a itself? magnet or something like that? <laughs> it's like what the heck? Um, so yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, something I didn't like, which also sort of happened in the the first act. You guys like John Williams, and we talked about the 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 highs and lows of John Williams in this score. But that Cocaine stupid parties. piano music. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, that stupid piano music in the beginning was just so hokey and felt like uh. so like seventies TV sitcom. I don't know. It just like mm-hmm. was so. Ugh, why am I listening to this right now? Oh, Please stop. That's too bad. I call- I didn't. I don't. I don't remember that. What scene? Uh, so yeah, it was scene, when he's. Uh, in his office while they're waiting uh, uh, it, it just cut away from the, the play and he's in his office try, kind of trying to sort of get back to his kid and it's kind of between that and the baseball game and it finally ends and they're when doing he, the dueling uh, p- the phones in the hallway yeah that that's part of <laughs> they're it play, they're playing piano music there yeah all through that there's this it's piano it's, it's like, why is he goofing off at work when he should be at the ball game? Yeah, it yeah. just seemed. <laughs> so I, I don't know if John Williams was trying to contrast, do some sort of contrast between America and the UK, because once you get over to England, the music is much more hit what you expect from John Williams. At least uh, what I expect from John Williams. Over there. <laughs> uh, 
Nice. <laughs> and also he plays a, you know, a policeman. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Which is oh make you God. wonder, why didn't they get the police to cameo? I That's a good point. And, and I don't not, know. Cause Sting not is, Genesis. Isn't Sting uh, British? Maybe. I no, have no idea. Irish. He's Irish. Irish, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, correct me. Oh, wrong. now he's, he's not so sure. Well, fine. As, as he looks it up. <laughs> uh, Patrick, Hello, Surrey. Is Sting Irish? <laughs> Go ahead. Is it Brian Singer again? <laughs> <laughs> Does Brian Singer know that? Hey, guys, oh, quit man. calling me. <laughs> Patch, what's something you don't like? You know, I didn't really have much. I, I wasn't. I think this hap- this this is as a result of finding out after the fact how this person was on set. But oh uh, Tinkerbell, yeah, Julie, Julie Roberts, Roberts. Tinkerbell. Apparently, she was a real pain in the rear to work with. And so, when I watched this with that in mind, you know, again, it shouldn't be that way. It should be watch the movie, watch the performance. But you think about this woman who was completely hard to deal with, and I'm going. Well, you know That's what? Too bad. I, I want to smack her around like the little, you know, firefly from hell that she is. <laughs> right. as he says, you know. Yeah, and, I, I hated hearing that too. I want to hear that everyone gets along on a set, and everyone's like yeah. fun to work with, and they had a great time. That's I don't know why but, I care about stuff like that when yeah, the final product is really what you're paying your money for. But I don't know. I just yeah. Anyway, and before you give your final thought on this patch, I wanted to say I knew that going into this watching mm-hmm. and i was surprised how much julia roberts gave it didn't yeah, i never yeah, felt like totally. th- uh, some scenes that like maybe she was like phoning it in but sh- there were some really powerful scenes that i thought she did really incredibly well like mm-hmm. emotionally and i was like you know for someone who was such a terror or was not having a good time herself she did she pulled out some amazing scenes there mm-hmm. she did she I really lit up the screen. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Cocaine parties. <laughs> That's how they got through. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go with something else I didn't like. Um, so in the, in the finale, which is great. I don't know why I didn't mention that as a like. I love the whole like war between the Lost Boys and the, and the Pirates, but... I digress. In that scene, though, the loss, the numbers of Lost Boys seems to inexplicably quadruple. And I don't know where all these Lost Boys come out of the woodwork to fight all these pirates. I mean, they established that there's lots of pirates when he first comes into the town. But there's not that many Lost Boys. There's maybe 20, 30, 40 maybe. But it's all of a sudden there's hundreds of them. Uh, so I don't know how you explain yeah, that it- away. I read somewhere there was about 30, so maybe 30 to 40, but I didn't see that th- seem that there were it didn't seem to me that there were hundreds, but it there did seem like a lot of boys and then a lot of pirates, but I don't know. Hmm. Paul, what's something else you didn't like about Hook? Um, while they were first in London, it seemed a lot of the backdrops were flat. And it seemed to me like, oh, that's just like the end of a stage. And then as they got in the Neverland, a, a lot of it, I watched the HD version and maybe there, there's a, you could tell a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it seemed like a lot of it was filmed on set, not like in a magical place or in London, but I could tell it was a set. Like mm-hmm. when the little girl was singing and they viewed her 
It was like, oh, there's like a a a blue faded backdrop in there. That's not really a sky. You know what I mean? Okay. And so a lot of it, unfortunately, if they were trying to pull it off as like all of this was taken on stage on a play, Uh then it would have worked better. But Uh a lot of it just felt fake, unfortunately. Interesting. I almost felt like Neverland was more magical than London and the real world. I, 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 I was watching SD, so I don't know if that contributes to it, but I felt like hmm. it. I liked the style of how Neverland was portrayed. So, my VHS hmm. recording didn't seem like that at all. No, <laughs> my my I, Betamax was was great. I don't know what you're talking about. The only scene, uh, like aerial scene, that didn't look fake was at the end. I think when Toodles was flying away, that looked like a scene of London. Uh, London that yeah. wasn't just a painting. Now I've, Toodles flying away might no, no, have been. That was a stock stock. Uh, video they, yeah they had this yeah. they, there's this weird mystery of london this guy f- flying and they just used it oh that's weird. completely <laughs> uh. a lie <laughs> documentary footage yeah exactly up, up there with the sasquatch okay uh-huh. uh wow well, uh, a couple a couple other things i didn't like here and then we'll get to our tragic makers um actually just one more thing then our tragic makers but i felt like for the first two thirds of the movie, this movie is pretty slow. I was, oh, really? I, I honestly felt every minute of the 142 minutes that this was a runtime for. Maybe and it's your mood. I suppose it was also later in the evening, so maybe that affected it. But I just, I've it, it, it borderline was dragging, especially in the beginning. It, it ramps up, mm-hmm. especially at the end. But I was, I was wanting things to clip along. I guess a little bit a little better or something. I don't know. Yeah, I was I was surprised when I queued this up and saw two twenty one as the end marker and mm-hmm. I was like, this does no, how is this two and a half hours? Yeah. yeah. I would think no more than two. Mm-hmm. Because the story didn't seem that as a whole didn't seem that like it should be that long. But I think yeah. I, I think I would agree with you that the the first first couple of acts were very much a lot of exposition. Mm-hmm. I think it's only when we get into the training that yes. we start picking up steam. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's a good uh, delimiter, yeah. I didn't feel the pace was off for me, but that's me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, what was the thing that was most off for you, Paul? What was your tragic maker for Hook? Like I said, it's probably the mood, but I felt that this movie kept on getting more and more silly and more unbelievable the more it went on. Mm. And eventually when it got to the climax, it was just utterly ridiculous. Like, Why okay, I'm going to four things of paint. Stop pirates. And okay. Little kids are going to jump through curtains as armor and then they're going to go battle pirates with guns and they're going to roll around by knocking them off. And it was just got when Dustin Hoffman had this expression as hook of like, what is going on here? Yeah. I had the same exact look and I was like, who authorized this? Like who, who produced this and made this happen? It just, it, it totally, it, it, it uh, it, it infuriated me so much that someone would ask me to put aside that much uh, disbelief and go along with it. So I have some devil's advocacy to that, but Pat, do you have any any ideas or thoughts or rebuttals? 
No, I, I mean, I, I can see why that could be an issue, but I didn't find anything wrong with it because of the fact that ne- Neverland was fantastic. I mean, it's supposed to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't a, ma- ma- a matter of believability. I think if you combine your thought of the exponential increase in Lost Boys that we didn't see before <laughs> with what with the way that, uh, that Paul is describing this, yes, you could say, hmm, there's not a lot of logic there. But then I'm not expecting any kids to be able to take on dudes with guns, period. Mm-hmm. in the real world. And so when you can kind of get rid of that kind of believability, I, I had a lot of fun with that last one. I love the I love the sword fighting. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that was definitely the choreography in that whole sequence was great. But and I, I can yeah. I thought no, speaking on the sword fighting, I thought Dustin Hoffman, I don't know if he had a stunt guy, but it looked like him. I thought it was it was better than uh, Robin Williams in a lot of yes. his moves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so what I want to say to rebut you, Paul, is just a little bit. I mean, I don't think this but. will change your mind, but uh, I think there there may be an aspect, and you've read the book. I haven't, so maybe this is in there. But I would think there's an aspect to Neverland where it almost gives children more power or more, I don't know if, if something muddles adults' heads where they, they can't quite understand that they literally could take out these kids if they would just focus and kids are able to have even a higher state of ability and capacity and and strength no the book is much more realistic and brutal and it it talks about like massacring the indians like going in there and really killing them oh okay and and so it it is much more grounded in that so then don't read the book if you're (laughs) (laughs) then i will completely uh my my point is moo. Uh, let's see. Um, exactly. Uh, Patch, what was your tragic maker? Well, it's interesting that you said that, Paul, about the connection to the book, because the thing that I wanted was not a part of the movie, but it's what the movie left me with, is I wanted a sequel. Like, I wanted to see a news story hmm. that took place with this, this with new, big boy. With big boy at the helm. And, you know, Good at one point... Boy. <laughs> Can we just say this that when he rolled down, that was a terrible special effect? Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay. Thank but you. It's just, <laughs> but I think that what I want I wanted was and still wanted, you know, it'd be cool to have like a sequel where we talk about Tiger Lily and we talk about these yeah. Indians because they, they didn't make any kind of presence in this movie, yeah. and they well, that's, they're all masked apparently. Yeah, I was about to say, in the book, they're pretty much done with. All all of them are done away with. Yeah. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, I'm thinking out loud now, you know, what do you do with a story where Hook doesn't exist, where potentially all the Indians have been killed off? Maybe you create a new character. Maybe you right. add this new set of Lost Boys and now... Or do a, a prequel uh, in between. No, I would like to see what happens with Smee. Actually, smart Smee, who's now... Who's uh, brushing up bottles... <laughs> <laughs> brushing up bottles yeah at the end he's a, a sweeper oh right 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 that's right well no I that's mean, what happens to him he I, becomes yeah. a sweeper yeah wow but yeah that was mine just that there wasn't there couldn't have been a follow up but it was it's a it's a movie that's fine on its own but mm-hmm. I wish that I could see the the life after pan okay nice uh, for me well now that pan's dead maybe you can <laughs> wow what wow. happens when the lost boy that grows up dies <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh! Sorry to put it down on that. Go ahead, Sorry. Francisco. What's Just your keeping it. Make? I can't keeping bring it people back from the dead. I don't like doing it. 
Um, let's see. So my tragic maker for Hook, and I, I'm sure you guys are going to disagree with me, but speaking of the dead, I did not think Robin Williams was the right choice for Pan in this Interesting. movie. I, I, I felt like a lot of his shtick just didn't land. Uh-uh, see, mm. land, because he's flying. Can you give an example? Um, let's see. I'm sorry if you took that long. It's a no, no, I don't. I don't. No, no, I hate that because I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and when someone asks me for an example, I know there's 20 of them. I just can't think of a single yeah, I, one right I feel now. Like some of the one, some of his stuff at his office building. Um, I feel like uh, some of the things with. I felt like he did something with what I say about this Wendy. window. Always leave it open. Uh, that was not. Yeah, that was kind of lame. But there was just, I yeah, I, I'm sorry I can't pinpoint it. I should have written it down. Um, I wasn't thinking it was going to be as big a deal as it was. But yeah, just I don't, I don't, I feel like you could have gotten someone else. Who to Jim play. Carrey? I don't know if Jim Carrey was. Jim, uh, no, he wasn't that big then. Yeah, Adam Sandler. No. <laughs> No, I oh, love being the hook and beating the lost boy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Mayor, Mayor Arnold Schwarzenegger, because that's my hero. No. <laughs> <laughs> I could get you to Neverland and beat you out with the hook. <laughs> my friend Andy was wow. Peter Pan at one point. Wow, that's why I love my friend. Um, no, I'm just trying. To, I'm trying to think of who might. It's not a Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> who I may have. You know who I would have really, who I think would have been even better. Oh my gosh, I would um, love to have seen this. Oh, the oh oh oh, the guy who You're plays Kevin McAllister in Home Alone, no, Macaulay Culkin. No, <laughs> but um, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on his name. Paul, help me. He's in Stay Tuned, Three's Company. Oh, John Ritter. John Ritter. That would have been the perfect casting to me, I think. I can see John Ritter. I that, can yeah. see his, he looks more like Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like his comedy is more physical, and that's oh. what this would have been more of. Oh, than, interesting. Than jokey uh, type stuff. Or, if you want physical humor, why not a Michael J. Fox? I would have been fine with that as well. I thought he kind of looks a little young, but maybe that's actually would perfect casting. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, I personally would have gone with Tom Selleck, but you know what am I? <laughs> on the opposite end of the spectrum. All right, guys. Well, we've entered when all wish our <laughs> targeting information into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. Alrighty, guys. Do we rate Hook a classic? We'd recommend anyone go see this, whether or not you've seen it before. A nostalgic. It's only worth re rewatching. It's not worth watching for the first time if you're if you're new to it. Um, or a tragic. We'd recommend no one watch this if you've seen never seen it. Do yourself a favor and don't watch it. And if you have seen it before, leave your memory good memories intact. You don't want to sully them. So how do we rate? hook let's begin with patch my opinion has not changed i'm going to stick with my classic rating i think that it's high on the rewatchability mm -hmm. i think it's very timeless and i think it's worth particularly having a son i have given him a chance to uh, 
take a look at it, and he enjoys it quite a bit. So I'm not saying how old is your son? He's he's four, so it's probably not the standard by which you can measure. But I will say that it's one that it's one of the first movies that we've enjoyed together outside of the Lego superhero stuff. Okay, and and I'm I'm glad to be able to share that with him, and he enjoyed it. So I'm curious, you know, eight ten years if he revisits it and says, "I'm really glad I got to see that." But yeah, it's still a classic for me. Well, very cool. Uh, <clears throat> Paul, how do you rate Hook? Um, unfortunately, I still... I didn't have a final rating going into this, but and I'm still kind of struggling, so maybe as I talk it out. Um, I think that this movie does not have a great rewatchability. I'm leaning between tragic and nostalgic, and uh, that's oh because... <laughs> It just gets so hokey and so over the top. I will say, if you wait about 10 to 20 years before revisiting it, that's fine. I would, but I, it's almost good just to leave it alone. So it's going to have to be a, a, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, it's your rating, Paul. Do you want to wait to hear what my rating is before you decide? No. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm going to say tragic. Oh, really? Yeah. This makes me sad because I didn't do my due diligence. Um, Because I rate this movie a nostalgic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, real quick. Yeah. Okay, Paul, what? I will say if you... If you have a child that's 10 years old or younger, I think this movie would be great for them. It'll probably be... I would rate it... For them, it's great, classic, go see it. Anyone over the age of 10, especially if you're over 20 or more, just I wouldn't go back to it. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I could, I could, I could see that. Um, I was really hoping for classic. I, I, I was thinking Steven Spielberg, Robin Williams, this is, has the makings of a classic. But <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a little too long. I'm glad I rewatched it. So yeah. nostalgic. And nostalgic, yeah. Um, so you I, know what? I'm going I will, to... Oh, I'll, 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 go ahead, I'll, go ahead, I'll, go ahead. Your go, your floor, say. sir. Um, I'm going to have to turn this over to Francisco of the, in the future after he has asked the patrons how they rate uh, Hook, at least the Rewind Republic patrons, and ask how they rate it. Because right now it's a draw. I like Exactly. Drawing. Oh, my yes. gosh. I will say I was surprised to find out that it's a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, but now really? I'm oh after watching it, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, okay. Rotten Tomatoes is lame. Yeah. <laughs> They're so rotten. They're so rotten. Oh, my. Good tomatoes. All right, so we have a draw for now, but Francisco from the future, how would we end up rating this movie? Thank you, Francisco from the past. Uh, this one was a little tricky, but thanks to our patrons' ratings, our own ratings, uh, and a little bit of math, we sort of averaged them all out to and decide that Hook, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, is a disputed nostalgic movie. So if you've seen this before, definitely give it a revisit, but it may not, unless, like Paul said, you're 10 or under, it may not be a movie that's worth seeing for the first time. All right. Back to you guys from the past. 
All right, Alice, let's uh, bring up the communication satellites, please. Comsat online. Receiving incoming transmission. Alrighty. So, uh, so we have feedback from first from Instagram, uh, some posts that we did regarding our Logan episode uh, with our Logan and X-Men episode, kind of the combo of the two with the feeling film podcast guys. Patch is one of them. Christopher battles <laughs> says he says, yeah, maybe, but he says uh, cool design. Crazy. He has been Wolverine for so long. Yeah. Thank you, Christopher. Danny pro says pod. I, I think he means podcast. Uh, but thank you, Danny Pros. And then Jamie Estenhouse says, good hustle. And then uh, also regarding our, our actually, this is our, regarding our X-Men episode. Uh, Diego Avila says, in this special episode of the Retro Rewind podcast, we learned just how close we were to not having Ian McKellen as Gandalf. Yeah. Uh, so glad we dodged that bullet. So thank you, everyone, for sharing feedback, giving us your feedback. You can find us on lots of social media channels but the main places you could uh send us feedback are on this post go retro rewind podcast.com slash 112 uh and at the bottom there's a little comment section or you could just send us feedback on facebook uh or go to retro rewind podcast.com slash contact uh okay well with that i think we just have a couple announcements i want to say uh i think i'm i hinted at it uh Actually, I'm not sure if I did. I forget if I've hinted at it or not. But we have a new website that I designed, and it has some new functionality, which I am really glad it has. It's been helpful to me already. Maybe it'll be helpful to you. But now you can go in uh, at the top. You can search if we've ever covered a movie. If you're a new listener and you're like, oh, I like Took. I want to hear more of these guys. I wonder if they've ever covered, I don't know, uh, DuckTales the movie. DuckTales the movie, or if they've ever covered Aladdin or what have you. Now you can just search at the top and it'll bring up that. Or if you like a certain guest host, like Patch, you might have to search for him as Patrick. But um, uh, you can search hosts and they will come up as well and you can see all the movies they're a part of. So uh, that's a big thing. Uh, also, with the overall design, I've I think improved, and I would love to give any feedback you have on that as well. Um, and Yay. not that, jeez, I would say oldie but a goodie, but it's more like oldie but a baddie. Um, ba-na, ba-na. Yeah. Baddie to the boat. <laughs> as usual, <laughs> Sorry. that's fine. As usual, I want to say if you want to vote on the movies we cover, uh, like Hook was one of those movies. Go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash vote, and there you can vote up and down the movies you want us to cover. If we were to close voting today, it would the top five movies are currently The Emperor's New Groove, Tron, Disney, the Disney animated Robin Hood, Newsies, and Spirited Away. All right. I think uh, that is the end of the episode, but not the end of the show. Much like uh, Level in uh, Super Mario Brothers or a lost boy in a level, maybe? No, that's not a really good segue. (laughs) But there's bonus content to discover. You don't need a cheat code. You don't need pixie dust or anything like that. You just need to become one of our patrons on Patreon by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Patreon or Patreon.com slash RetroRewindPodcast. Either of those will work. 
Um, but for as little as $1 an episode, contributing to us $1 an episode, you'll get access to our bonus feed, which has um, our games, new tubes, it has movie commentaries, some recent film reviews, uh, lots of fun stuff there. And there's if you decide you want to even give more, there's more rewards you can have. You can be part of the voting, like for this episode on Hook, we the three main hosts came to a draw. So we go out if you contribute two dollars an episode, you can be or more or more. You can be one of the people that actually get to vote on whether you consider these these movies or games, classics, nostalgics or tragics, and actually swing the official vote. So I uh, hope you consider being coming one of our patrons, and we appreciate everyone who is uh, one of our patrons. Thank you so much for supporting the show financially. Uh, I think with that, Paul. Uh, take it away. Next time we'll be going back to the year 1990 for the TV pilot episode of The Flash. And we're actually doing a Flash crossover with the victims and villains. Whoa, that was quick. (laughs) (laughs) But check out our podcast with the victims and villains as uh, we cover the Flash 1990s comic books uh, written by Mark Wade at that time over on their podcast. Mm -hmm. And then come back for our podcast where we discuss with them uh, the flash tv series indeed but until then you can find us on the retrojunkies.com listen to us on itunes stitcher support us through patreon paypal follow us on the social interwebs probably wherever you've well you google us you'll find us mm. and you can also find me at pauljpowers.com where i have all my social media links thank you so much paul thank you for being an awesome friend awesome co-host awesome lost boy uh, you are my Rufio to me Aww. being Peter Pan. Um, I was going to say, and you're Pan the man, right? Yeah, or I'm Thud, one of the two, I'm, I guess. Uh, now, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you so much. And I also want to say a very special thank you for Patch coming back to the show. Uh, yeah. Patch, will you please tell people uh, where they can find you online? And is there anything you'd like to promote? You can find me at Shoeless Patch, S-H-O-E-L-E-S-S-P-A-T-C-H on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can also visit my website, thisispatch.com. You can find me, Francisco, on Twitter. I'm at F-X-R-U-I-Z-X, and I want to promote my services as a web and graphic designer. Check out my portfolio at fxrdesign.com. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, supporting the show, and sharing the podcast with your friends. It makes big difference it really does and we pray that this episode and all our episodes uh just give you more joy today while you're listening um no matter what you're doing uh but like a pokemon trainer we gotta catch you all later on the next episode of the retro rewind podcast retro rewind mission complete proceed to nap point omega and return to base You're a paramecium brain, Paul. That's because I lost all my marbles. (laughs) (laughs) Toodles.